What's going on, people? My name is Ives, aka Taste. My name is Kyra, aka Kyle. And we're the Taste and Kai show. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, the reason we actually came together and done this is because, quite frankly, me and C have the wickedest conversations and we feel like we need to share it with the world. Basically, yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of touch on all kinds of things. You know, we talk about race, we talk about gender, we talk about the state of current affairs, yeah. all kinds of things that are happening in the world and, you know, what, how we make sense of it. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But we also bring in our personal stories yeah, as well. Yeah, Kara thinks she's funny sometimes, isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, now obviously we're doing it in the confines of a nice place. Obviously in Kara's spot, so it's nice and cozy here. So yeah, I'm chilling. After this, I get to just go a few steps to my bed. And I and I get to go a few steps to an Uber. It's a bit long, but you know I think we're getting some munchies later, so it's not too bad. But yeah, I mean let's just, you know we kick off into it. Something me and Kara are very passionate about. Um, you know, race in general, you know, us being two black millennials in this day and age, you know, it's not easy out here, so, you know, we're going to touch base on a few things. But to start off with, has anybody been watching this Surviving R. Kelly stuff? I know you have, seen. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on it? Um, so, obviously, for those of you who don't know, um, a documentary recently came out, a six-part documentary called Surviving R. Kelly. Surviving R. Kelly, yeah. I believe it came out last week. Yeah. And basically, um, all these different women have come forward and shared their stories of being abused mm -hmm. by R. Kelly. Mm -hmm. And I guess a lot of it basically talks about how his, he, him being abuser, him being an abuser, he's basically hidden in plain sight. Mm. Like he's been so blatant about it and I guess the entertainment industry have just turned a blind eye because he brings in so much money. Until now anyway. Until now. So clearly whoever was handling it, you know, I'm one of these conspiracy theory people in it so I always believe these things have been happening for such a long time as you know, this whole stuff about Kelly pissing on girls and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's been happening for such a long time and it's kind of like, I question things. On one hand he's a disgusting vile man, clearly with an Oedipus complex. For any guys who know that, it's just men who have like kind of sexual feelings towards um, family members bordering incest, and normally that comes from people that were molested. Unfortunately, which he so, allegedly was. Which he allegedly was. I mean, that's no excuse for his vile behaviour. Um, you know, lots of people have been making you know um, excuses for him about oh he doesn't know any better, he's just going by what he knows. But still, in this day and age, we're all socially constructed to do better and do right. So the fact that he doesn't, he couldn't see morally right from wrong in dealing with teenage girls when he was a big man himself. I mean, I'm 27. And the fact that he was 27 doing that, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit crazy. It's a bit mad. So, you know, with that being said, the man is clearly sick in his head. He clearly needs help. But at the same time, uh, something must be going on in Hollywood's higher up elites for the story to suddenly now... To now become... To the level it is. It is. But then at the same time, I think the evidence will be in the outcome. Like, mm. this could all be for nothing. Because yeah, this isn't... Yeah. Mm. Remember last year, BBC Three had a documentary on him, basically talking about... I do about, not know about this. Yeah, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they had a documentary that came out last year sometime on BBC Three. It's actually available on YouTube mm. and that's where I watched it anyway. Mm. And it was the same type of thing. However, with the Surviving R. Kelly documentary, I think they went no, deep with it. Big. Yeah, they went deep with it. Like they went, they spoke about his beginnings. They spoke mm. to his family members and his old school teachers and so on and so forth. Everybody that's played an influential part. Everyone in that's so played an influential part. They've all seen different facets to him. Which brings me onto my point in the sense of I, I honestly feel obviously that R. Kelly deserves everything that's coming to him mm, because. Mm, mm. His acts are inexcusable. So you don't right? think a man like him, as sick as what he's done, you don't think he deserves help? 
Yeah, but what I was gonna say was that I feel that the people who helped him orchestrate these things need to also get their share of whatever comes of. Hundred percent. It's my my biggest thing. The person who I would say needs to be dealt with as well, like punished accordingly. Sparkle. I mean, look at what? Yeah, I'm being serious. Why? I feel like, I feel like you knew that situation. I think it was episode three, right, when she talked about her little cousin or someone. Or her something, niece. niece. Her you niece. knew exactly what was going to happen. She knew. Look, if you, he was going on. You were going on previous behavioural experiences, right? She knew the kind of guy that he was and the kind of monster he was. So you're putting your niece into the lion's den. Like, I'm not trying to say. I'm not trying to excuse anyone. I'm trying to say, bl- put blame on anyone, but. There were a lot of people within that situation and in that documentary you knew what the kids were going into and they still allowed it. You're kind of feeding the predator, do you know what I mean? Mm, I don't know, like she denounced her whole career. True, that is noble as well in this day and age. And she testified in court, so... Mm. And the women weren't paid to do any of that so they knew what they was going to come up against because as much as we find it disgusting, you do have people in the world that back R. Kelly, that support him, that don't yeah, believe him. That's the, that's the, but that's the, that's the beauty of this world. I recently that. saw a video of him, like, where he was performing. Rub my, rub my chest. <laughs> rub my chest. He was performing and, like, the place was packed. Yeah, he went Chicago. out to a club on his birthday yeah. and he was on the mic giving it the large. Yeah. And the place was packed. He had Bear Girl up in the club trying mm. to take selfies with him. Mm. It's like he's still... And his streams went through the roof after... It's um, crazy. Told you, it's, it's crazy. However way we may feel about it, for a million people that say yes, a million say no. So. I actually deleted his music off my phone. Not that um, it will have... I haven't done that yet. A major impact on the money that he makes. <laughs> but this is kind of like a morally conscious Yeah, thing to do, do you right? know what I mean? I mean, I haven't, I haven't deleted anything because I haven't really got anything, but I'm not going to lie to you. The, the man is disgusting, and yeah, he's cancelled in my eyes, but... I'm not making an excuse for it, but him being the king of R&B, the power powerful, it's kind of like, You're like it will take a little while to get that out. I'm just going to be honest because I know there's going to be a lot of people who will say he's cancelled this and that, but they're still going to listen to his music at African Army parties, you know. And I know there is somebody. I'm not even going to go into or sing it, sorry. I'm no, he, and it's annoying because he's actually got He's bangers. very talented. The man is a musical genius regardless he's of what he's got bangers, like... Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Oh, I'm even tempted to sing along just because it's that easy, but nah, nah, nah. But, but nah, yeah. you know, following up from that, see, I guess for you as a woman and hearing all that, do you think it's just another way in which black women have been let down, would you say, uh, in terms of justice system, public opinion? I mean, I know Chance was misconstrued, um, but that, and they took it away, but it was something really disturbing about the whole, you know, because it's a black woman, people don't want to take things seriously. Yeah, I mean, I get that argument and I kind of feel like in, in America that will always be mm. a factor. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Mm. But it's quite hard to say because obviously right now, like, Bill Cosby's just gone down. Mm. Obviously, we're yet to find out the, the outcome of that. Mm. Carly Weinstein, mm. um, what's it called? That sports coach. Larry Nasser, I think. Oh, no, he's a sports doctor. Doctor, doctor yeah, yeah, he went down. Gynecologist as well, he was all sorts, yeah, he went down for a while. But yeah. then there's Kevin Spacey and all kinds of Kevin other white ones. My thing is, that's fine if you want to go after our kid, but just maintain that same energy because it's right. Something where, again, I'm not really a conspiracy free or one of those hotep kind of people, but during the sheet, you brought up a very interesting thing where, and if you look back on it and research this, that, uh, what he was saying is true, these white organisations will get certain black characters to go and attack black men to carry this anti-black male narrative. Now, I'm not excusing what R. Kelly did, the guy was wrong, but 
people are using this for their own agendas, which I firmly believe. People are exploiting this opportunity to try and get something else out of it. Whether that be to attack men, whether feminists using it to attack men, or whether that be people using it to but attack certain it, types of people. Do you think it matters why it came out? I, I question the timing, the timing. This should have come out, this should have been a, such a bigger thing many years ago as it was happening. You know what I mean? That's I the only thing that. I question. Why is, why, why is it now when this has been going on for how many long years? And how many that, how, things have come out? Do you what, know what, I mean? what would that change knowing that? Like, you tell me, exactly. No, I'm asking oh, like oh. in a sense of like at the end of the day, it still is what it mm, is. Like you're still mm. a paedophile. Yeah, yeah, still yeah. an abuser, so definitely, definitely. irrespective of how it is you go about unpicking why it came out, yeah. what, I guess, yeah, what does it change? I don't know. I get what you're saying. It doesn't necessarily change anything per se. Mm. It's just timing is everything. I'm, I'm one of yeah, these guys that timing is everything. Why would you want to, it's kind of like the whole treating and curing. They've just, they've tre treated it and now it's only now they're going for the cure. That makes mm. sense? Mm. Treatment went well past his due date. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this should have been stopped from the he should have been stopped from the very time he pissed on that girl and beyond. And yeah. you know, there's been lots of cases. And even now, there's still girls that are in his house. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, at what point do you say stop? And uh, as I understand the common law, um, the same trial cannot be retried or retested, right? Mm. So That's there's going to have to be a lot of new cases and new evidence. But the problem is now, a lot of the girls that are with him, they're of, of age. So yeah. And that's that's obviously that's a challenge in the itself. biggest spanner in the works. Yes. Right now. So you know, with that being said, it's the issue of protecting black women, and there is black women involved, and unfortunately, it's another situation where black women's pleas for help have gone unnoticed. And with that being said, I want to follow on to the next topic. What the hell is going on with all these attacks on black women? I mean, yeah. you, Kara, as a black woman, can you describe to me, kind of like in short, what it's like to? experience or be a black woman in general, not just the UK but just in general? Um, yeah like in terms of alright just to give a bit of context in terms of like the dogging black women discussion and um, prior to us recording this Ivan and I was actually talking about how there's been a lot of like tweets or interviews and stuff that have come out from the past on prominent celebrities basically mm doggy and black women mm. and the most recent one that I saw today was actually Sin Santana who is like a popular social, social media personality so what happened with the Sin Santana one? Um, and she is in a relationship with Joe Budden so what happens with Sin Santana was basically she was on a radio show back in 2016 with Angela Yee and she basically spoke about why it is that she prefers black men mm. I don't know it verbatim, but like people are basically saying that she alluded to black men preferring Spanish women and treating them better than black mm. women. So she's since apologised about it, made a really you know long apology in an Instagram post. But people have obviously expressed so you their being discontent. you being from a crowd of people, set of people who are continually attacked just for so much as breathing. How does that make you feel? It's just long, like in the sense of, I just don't really understand why black women are always targeted. targeted or even in this conversation. Like you can easily express your point without having to bring in black women mm. and speak about them negatively. You know the sad thing is you expect it from white people and all kinds of non-black people to attack 
black people anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of always been us against the world, but now for me as a man and experiencing it, I'm not trying to be this whole pick me kind of guy, but seeing it firsthand, um, black men now attacking black women, it's kind of like, what kind of safe haven now do black women have when even there are men now are starting to turn against them? I mean, there's a lot of generalization of what people say towards black women. I mean, I have my few reasons as to why I feel we as black men don't do a good enough job. I just feel like a lot of it is we don't know how to. I mean, do you think that that's an excuse in itself? Or do you no. think, what do you think it might be? Because, I don't know, I just don't understand how it would ever be a turn on for a guy to mm. express him finding me attractive on the basis of not finding another race attractive. Mm. Oh, you're cute for a black girl. Yeah. Oh, you're you, for a black girl. Or means. like, say, I don't, I, I just don't understand. Like, are you having a conversation with girls and basically saying, yeah, I don't like black women and using that as legitimising why? I definitely feel there's some element of that that goes on. But then definitely. at the same time, I'm like, you have mothers and sisters, aren't these? That's all good and well, but it depends. You can have all of that and not know how to. I mean, you can have, you can be taught not to kill. People still kill anyway. You've been morally taught from young what's right and wrong. My thing is, I just thought we don't know how to protect them. I mean, for most of us, um, of course, I could be wrong, but for me, myself, I was born with nothing but black women around me in my life. So mm. my upbringing is always going to be different to most people anyway because I have a, I have a certain amount of respect and love and admiration because that's all mm. I've ever known. Mm. I mean, my mum, my mother, my sisters, my, my cousins, my aunties, they've been my shield kind of mm. thing. Whereas a lot of guys do have that male kind of shield. Mm. And us being males, we are driven differently and we have our different views and beliefs, whether we, whether patriarchy is involved, whether, you know, just superiority is involved, mm. gender roles are involved, fine, fair enough. I just feel we don't know how because a lot, I know a lot of guys, and funny enough, a lot of the ones that do insult black women, um, they come from single parent homes. Yeah. And black women, when you come from a single parent home as a guy, you see them as a lover, carer, and nurturer, but you also see them as an enforcer. Yeah. But there's no male influence to, to, to kind of spread a balance, to kind of split that balance. So all, all the kind of negativity or kind of telling off of the authority you've ever had in your life has come from a woman. And as you get older, as a guy, I know that, I know this, we don't want to hear so much authority from someone. And whereas, so when nah. society gets into you, mm. I mean, my point is when society gets into you, I feel like society tries to tell you, um, society like patriarchy and all those things, they do tap into you as a man. So you maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just what I've always thought. It's kind of like you don't want to hear it from a woman. Do you know what I mean? So that's why... That's an element, not, not the main reason why. I just think we don't know how, we don't know how to protect because we're not really in a situation where when we were younger, we've seen black women get attacked or when we used to make jokes in school, we're not here protecting you, more than not when they're chiming in and joking around. So now we've got older, how do we protect you? How do we do better? We only go, I feel like we go about what we know. And again, for me, I'd say it's different because I was raised with women, so I'm naturally quite protective. So that's how I learned to be more caring and nurturing and understanding. Whereas a lot of people don't have that or don't know how to do it. So I feel like, there are those who attack because of that reason, but then those who want to defend but don't know how due to experience. That I makes think, sense. Yeah, no, it does. I think I think it's at a point basically where societal influences somewhat more than the influence that one receives in the home. Yeah, that primary agents. Yeah, because yeah. I don't really understand how you could be raised in a single parent home by a black mother yeah. and then just completely denounce black women mm. when you're of age to date. And my <laughs> thing is, it's all well and good having preferences. Mm. Oh, date who you want yeah, to date. Yeah, yeah, but you don't need to dog one in order to build another. So do you think ignorance plays a part? Because I think some of these guys genuinely feel they're not attacking black women when they say such things. Nah, come on, some of them are like... Yeah. Oh. 
Adam, you're really riding hard for man in this, I'm not it? riding hard for man. It's, it's, I'm not trying to make excuses. Like, I've, I've always said this collectively, I feel a lot of black men we need to do better. We're collectively very weak willed. Um, a lot of us are baby too much and we don't form these opinions about we, we are kind of guided by society's rules and norms and us wanting to we have our own battles we want to fight instead of working with each other we're trying to selfishly go to the top do you know what i mean and leave leave the ones who are deemed most like most to be attacked or most just left there vulnerable leave them alone and unfortunately the most vulnerable are black women because of the way society treats black women mm. do you know what i mean they're always under attack they're always you know, always having to fight. You know how hard it is having to always be strong all the time. Yeah. And unfortunately, black women have been put into that situation where they always have to be. And that's not fair and it's not right. I'm not riding for man. I'm just trying to see from different angles. Mm -hmm. But regardless of whatever I've said about the man, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm not saying it's right, their behaviours. I'm just trying to make sense of why I think they do these things. I mean, I think it's wrong. You know me, I'm, I feel black women are our foundation and our pillar and we've got to do as much as we can to protect them. So. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of my stance on things, and I wish things could be better. Things could be better. They will be better, but it just starts with acknowledging what's what's wrong and yeah. doing what's right. But then at the same time, I do think a large part of it is like looking for external validation. Like if really? We, yeah, like in terms of if we were able to like just validate ourselves and just be fine with that, then mm. I think a lot of the problem would be wouldn't be do, do you see what i mean but i think a lot of the Absolutely. time we do look for validation from other races yeah instead of just doing yeah and you know thing. what funny you say that because when i think about it now we always reference something where if area is too black or something's hood but if area is white yeah we've made it or we feel like yeah we're in a calm area we do kind of set a standard benchmark yeah. based on what other races based are doing on, yeah i kind of get what you mean i feel like we've got better at that we've got better but it's still there yeah I don't know. It's quite interesting. Like, obviously, I could talk about these things all day. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I do think, even though some of the issues that we have over here in the UK, or to be more specific, London, are similar to some of the issues that they experience over in the States. Yeah. But there are massive differences. There's huge differences. I mean, yeah, our racism here is very subtle. It's very covert. Yeah, very covert. Yeah. Out there, it's, it's as covert as you want it to be. These guys will introduce themselves to you as who they are. You know what you're getting from them. I think that's, 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 that's the karma, that's safer than here, where you don't know what to expect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially in workplace environments, life environments, you just got to be careful you're around and who you know. I would say um, when I went to, when I went to the States, um, or when I've been to the States, I've been like really shocked by how much race dominates conversations. Oh, for real, quite a lot. Yeah, like, I think so. I, th I think like race is always like a part of like, mm. like normal conversations. But do you think it's where you're at as well? I mean, my sister just came back from New Orleans. She said the Southern hospitality thing is so real, like people are so is respectful, it? nice, that kind of thing. Mm. So, do you think location does play a part? I mean, of course it will. Yeah. I mean, if you go down to the deep, deep south, it's yeah, going to be different. It's going to be a lot different to when you're going to New York, where it's multicultural, right? Yeah. And but as multicultural as some places are, like London or like New York, you're still going to experience very high level of. Uh, yeah. I mean, even in certain parts of our home countries in Africa now, you've got these Chinamen coming in telling you you can't come into your own place. It's a bit mad. Yeah, that's crazy. We're able to share that as well. That's another thing. Yeah. That's another element to our conversation that I like. like we're, we're both from East Africa, so we're able to talk about that side of things as well. Yeah. Which I think is dope. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just realised that we really just jumped into the conversation. 
<laughs> before introducing each other and perhaps saying who we are and a little bit about ourselves. Yeah. So you've got our name, obviously. That's how we get into it, sorry. That's how we, get into it. We, just, we just kick off. <laughs> if this was like on the phone, you'd be like, okay, yeah, so Kai, yeah. how are you? 20 minutes in. Yeah. yeah. So Kai, how are you? I'm well, you know. Good, good, yeah, good. I'm well. How about you, Ives? Tell me right. a bit about yourself. I'm all right. Uh, you know, me long walks on the beach. I'm a big fan of Justin Timberlake. Mm. My love and all that. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> well, so, born and raised in South East London, Lewisham. I'm book, 27, book. obviously. Come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> Entrepreneur, uh, currently a contractor as well. Uh, my interest lies in technology and um, social policy and social justice. So, just making, you know, fighting for the rights of kind of everyone. But of course, me being a black man from a black community. Of course, I'm gonna always try to lean towards uplifting people who look like me mm. all the time. Mm. So yeah, that's pretty much what I do and what I'm in. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what drives me to do all the things that I'm currently doing with my company, Speeder. Um, so my company, Speeder, is a social collaborative network that tries to connect people to all kinds of opportunities through events, through podcasts now, um, through data, big data, and an app we have at the moment. So. Yeah, um, speedup.co.uk. Shameless plug. Little plug. Little plug, come on, depending who sees it. So, yeah, check it out. And what about you, Cara? How are you? Tell us about yourself. A bit about Cara. Yeah. Same age as I've been, 27. I thought he was 21 at least. Why are you lying? I'll take it, I'll take it. Straight one. Born and raised in South East London, Lucian native. Trying to think what else to say about me. Currently studying my MSc, so qualifying this year. Cheers. Cheers. Working with children and families. Um, what are my passions and my interests? Social justice, human development, like international human development, I mean. Um, NGO working and stuff. You know me, like I'm proper into like... Yeah, yeah. Kara's all about social policy, social Yeah, that's like... Kind of everything that's my passion to, everything related to look something about helping people that's yeah. what Kara's about I've known Kara for the past 10 years now we went to the same sixth form together oh yeah uh, Bullerswood <laughs> a, <batch of> <laughs> a lot of good times there really Kara a lot of good times at Bullers I won't go too much into it but wow yeah I've known Kara for a very long time I love her dearly she's like my sister you know I mean she's gang she's all that so yeah. likewise man I'm echoing the same back to you yeah yeah um cool we'll be right back after this. Food's nice, but it's not spicy. Do you want spice? No, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> it's not spicy, that's why I thought so. I thought it was a, uh, I thought it would have been a bit spicy, but it's fine. Do you like spice? Love it. Okay, I, love it, man. I love spice. Ivy hates it. Mm. Hates it, yeah. Can't do spice at all. No. Mm. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, I love that. But I think I've calmed down with that in recent. Hey guys, what's going on again? Uh, we just had a Uber Eats and we're up now. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for listening to our first podcast. Um, Would of, you like to share what we ordered? Um, yeah, I had curry goat, I had rice and peas, and I had some plantain. Obviously, big up the Uber Eats and the company that delivered this succulent meal on time. Yeah, so See, what did you have? I went for the Caledonian saltfish with rice and peas, plantain, plantain, 
Plant, yeah, yeah obviously, yeah, plantain. plantain. Not plantain. <laughs> no, no, no mountain, no fountain, plantain. Um, and a saltfish fritter. So, cool. yeah. I, I kind of feel like we have to say plantain where we're eating yard food, but... Nah, nah. Let's not. <laughs> not. All love, but let's not. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us for the first instalment of the Tasting Kinds show. Yeah, no, honestly, thank you. We're going to bring you many more. And your feedback is much appreciated. So yeah. we're going to get this out and please let us know your thoughts, your feelings and what we can do to make this a more pleasurable experience. Yeah, like topics or content that you'd like to see. Um, just any suggestions would be welcome, actually. Yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah. So Ivan, what's your handles? How can people get in touch? Yeah, so just check out. I mean, you could check it on my company app at Speedoco. <laughs> it will be shared on my WhatsApp as well, so people will be sending it out, and I will share it on my Instagram page, like snippets of it, hopefully, if I can, on, yeah, Speed of Coke. So, yeah, thanks again, guys. I uh, hope you guys have a good night, and we'll, I will speak to you soon. Um, Kyra, is there any last words? Um, peace. Thanks Love. for tuning in. And hair grease. Yeah, all of that. All amen. All in right. Take care, guys. Blessings. Bye.